Word for today, a ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. It is our prayer that the message from God's Holy Word would bring a new and deeper love for Jesus in your life. Hello, and welcome to God's Word for Today, a radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. My name is Mikey Meester. I am pastoral assistant at Living Word, and I have the pleasure of bringing the Word to you on this blessed Christmas day. Our text for today comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, reading in God's name. And as he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that on this day that we celebrate your birth, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. That we would trust the words that we hear. That we would cling to them in faith so that we may be eternally blessed. We thank you that you have come to this earth to save us from our sins. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to ask you a question on this Christmas morning. What does it mean to be blessed? You know, we toss this word around so much when good things happen in our lives, but do any of us really know what it means to be blessed? Can you come up with a definition You know, I have a very hard time coming up with a definition myself, at least in a generic sense. Uh, To be blessed seems to be to have good things happen to you, to, you know, it's hard to come up with a definition. However, if we look at scripture, I think we can determine one certain and ultimate definition of being blessed, and that is... God giving us our eternal salvation. The ultimate blessing that we can receive is the salvation won for us by Jesus Christ. However, along with our uncertainty of what it means to be blessed comes the uncertainty of how we are blessed. And it is this uncertainty that our text addresses today. And we are going to attempt to unravel this uncertainty by first looking at the worldly understanding of blessedness, which is declared by the woman in the crowd that we see in our text. And then finally, we're going to look at the heavenly understanding of blessedness as presented by Jesus. All in the hopes that on this Christmas, you too may receive and understand the heavenly blessedness which God desires for you. Uh, To begin, let's look at what the worldly understanding of blessedness is. And if you would look with me this morning at, at verse 27 of our text. And as he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. In this text, we see that seemingly with envy, this woman cries out from the midst of the crowd, blessings upon the Virgin Mary. 
because Mary of all women was chosen to be the greatest role ever bestowed upon a woman, which is the mother of God. And it is as if this woman in this crowd desperately wishes that she had been the one chosen for whom could be more blessed than the mother of God himself. Now, while it is true that the Virgin Mary was extremely blessed, for she even says so in her great song, which we call the Magnificat, where she says, All generations shall call me blessed. While it is true that she was blessed, Jesus quickly points out that the woman in the crowd is mistaken. Jesus responds to her and said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And now we'll look at what Jesus means by that in a little bit, but for now we simply need to recognize that Jesus is correcting the woman in the crowd. But the question is, what is Jesus correcting? What is this woman mistaken about in her blessing of the Virgin Mary? Well, it seems that the woman in the crowd, what she is doing is associating the blessedness of the Virgin Mary with her physical and biological associations to Jesus instead of her trust in Jesus. Now, as we have mentioned before, the Virgin Mary was extremely blessed, and throughout church history, the church has recognized the great role that she has played in salvation history. In 431, the Council of Ephesus officially declared her to be the Theotokos, which is Greek for God-bearer, but in English we often translate it as Mother of God. And as such, as the Mother of God, as the Theotokos, she had the great and unique honor of having God himself in her womb and nursing him at her breasts. She had this unique honor of raising him from an infant and spending 33 years having a relationship with God that no other person was ever blessed to have. And that's the mother-son relationship. And this was a close relationship. We see that the, the Virgin Mary was with Jesus at some of the most important parts of his life. She was there at his first miracle. And she was there at the cross, at the foot of the cross when he died. She was at the resurrection. And it seems that she was at the ascension as well. She had a very unique and close perspective with Jesus. And it is on the basis of this unique relationship that this woman in the crowd now is calling Mary blessed. It is because of the perceived closeness to Jesus that the woman in the crowd views Mary as blessed. And you know, I think we often think like the woman in the crowd Maybe as Protestants, not so much in the way that we see the Virgin Mary, but in the way that we view ourselves and those around us. You know, I've heard many stories about people saying to their pastors, Pastor, if you aren't going to heaven, then no one is. 
Or sometimes we look at someone who goes to church every Sunday and is always helping out at the church and we say, now that person is a good Christian. Or maybe we even look at ourselves and we think, well, I go to church, I pray, I know Jesus is real, I'm a good Christian. And now why do we think this way though? And I think we think this way because just like the woman in the crowd, we associate a perceived closeness to God with blessedness. Of course the pastor is going to heaven because he is so close to God. Of course the person who is in church every Sunday is going to heaven because they are so close to God. Of course I am going to heaven. And you know, this is something I've heard people say often. I'm going to heaven because God and I, we have a good relationship. We have a good understanding of each other. But here's the deal. Just because you think you have a good relationship with God doesn't mean you are saved. Just because a person practices the Christian religion or is even a pastor doesn't mean that they're saved. Let's look at Judas. Judas was an apostle. A very unique position that very few people have that does not exist anymore. And he spent three years side by side with Jesus. He witnessed Jesus preaching. He witnessed his miracles. He prayed the Lord's Prayer with Jesus. Judas even cast out demons and performed miracles himself. And yet Judas was not saved. He was not blessed. He ended up betraying Jesus and hanging himself in a field. All of Judas's perceived closeness to Jesus amounted to nothing. And so the question remains then, what does cause true blessedness? If Mary's closeness to Jesus is not what made her blessed, if our religiosity and good relationship with God doesn't save us, then what does? And this leads us to our second point today. What is the heavenly understanding of blessedness? And we see this when, when Jesus hears the cry of the woman in the crowd. He responds saying, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And it's interesting as Jesus answers the woman in the crowd, he doesn't really even seem to acknowledge necessarily what she said as being true, even though it is. You know, I, when I was in high school, I had this friend and he was very smart, but he was, he was kind of socially awkward. And any time that a teacher would say something wrong, which does happen, apparently. <laughs> any time a teacher would say something wrong, he would raise his hand and he would say, 
Well, actually, and that kind of became his catchphrase, actually, and that seems to be what Jesus is saying here. Well, actually, blessed are those who keep or hear the word of God and keep it. And what then Jesus outlines here is a very clear description of how personal salvation works. The first thing that Jesus said is, says is that blessedness comes to those who hear the word of God. And, and in this, we really see the power of the word. You see, in Scripture, God has clearly told us that, that it is by the power of his word that he brings to us all the good things, but especially salvation. In the book of Genesis, it is by the word of God that the world is created. There we see the great power of God's word. In Romans, St. Paul tells us that it is by hearing the word of God that we receive faith. And in the Gospel of John, we are told that at Christmas, Jesus, who is the word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. All the power and glory and salvation of God is wrapped up completely in God's word. And that is why it's so important that we hear the word. However, without the second part of Jesus' words, even if we hear the word of God, there can be no blessedness and no salvation. You see, secondly, Jesus tells us that we must keep the word of God. And now this word keep, this is not necessarily in the sense that we must do what the word tells us as in fulfilling the law, as if our blessedness comes by our works. Instead, this word keep, it's more like safekeeping, that you keep something safe or, or you guard it. Jesus tells us that, that we must keep God's word and guard it in our hearts. We are to cherish it. We must hold it dear. We must trust it. And this is what the Virgin Mary did when the word of God came to her. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, he shared with her the word of God, summing up the entirety of what Christmas is really about. You see, when the angel Gabriel told Mary that she would give birth to the Son of God, he proclaimed the truth that God sees all of us in our stress, our anxiety, in our fear and guilt, and the evil which plagues our lives. And he hates seeing your life so miserable. And so he came to earth in the flesh, so that he could experience every trial that we experience. And then he sacrificed his life on a cross so that we could have a new life, free from pain and from suffering and from evil, when he returns to make the world perfect as he has promised to do. 
And after hearing these words, this word of God, do you know what the Virgin Mary did? She trusted them. She guarded them in her heart. And when she trusted those words, those promises that were made by the angel Gabriel, those promises became applied personally to her life. Those promises are now going to be fulfilled and are fulfilled in her life because she held the word of God dear and trusted him. And that is how she was blessed. And the same message that the angel Gabriel brought to Mary now applies to us. While you sit here listening to this on Christmas Day, the promises given to Mary are now given to you. God sees your stress, your anxiety, your guilt, and the evil that plagues your life. And he has come to experience every trial that you experience. And he has died for you so that you can have a new life, free from pain, from suffering, and from evil, when he comes again to make the world perfect. But you cannot receive this message by your own religiosity, or by having a good relationship or good understanding between me and God. No. You must hear this message and keep it. And so I ask you on this Christmas day, do you hear what I hear, as the Christmas song says? Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what the Virgin Mary heard? Do you hear what the saints of all time have heard? Do you hear this message of salvation? And finally, will you take what you have heard and will you keep it and guard it close to your heart? Will you trust that Jesus has been born in Bethlehem to rescue you from all evil? Will you trust that no matter who you are, where you are, or what you've done, this baby Jesus desires to spend eternity with you and give you a perfect life with him someday? If you do, I promise you that on this Christmas day, God has that perfect place prepared for you, where you will be loudly proclaimed as blessed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that on this Christmas day we can remember what you have done for us, that you left your glory from on high, that you came down to earth in the form of a little tiny baby, born and laid in a feeding trough, 
and that you suffered. Every pain, every anxiety, every trial that we suffer so that you might experience our lives. And then at the end of that life of suffering, Lord, you allowed yourself to die such an excruciating death so that we might be freed from this life of pain and suffering, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that all of those listening would hear this word today and that they would keep it, they would guard it close to their hearts, that they would trust it so that they might be able to receive the benefits of what you have done for them by being born and suffering and dying. I pray that every person listening today would have a place prepared for them in your new world. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening to God's word for today. I pray that you have a very merry and blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you for listening to God's word for today. If you are impacted by the message you heard, please consider donating to the ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church by visiting www.livingwordaflc.org.